1: Smith and Brooks link up nicely on this near side. Solanke did a good job blocking off the centre half, opening up space for Adam Smith to run
2: into. And Billing, he's got Rico to his left.
1: Billing shoots it, yes! And Phil Billing finds the bottom right corner with a terrific strike. It came from the right-hand side. Smith and Brooks involved.
3: Solanke did his bit off the ball as well. And Phil Billing lashed it home for his first goal
1: of the season. And after 12 minutes, it's the Cherries ahead in South Yorkshire. Hello and welcome to episode 106 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis. Hope you're doing okay this Sunday. Yeah, that's right. We'd usually bring this out on the Monday morning. But since AFC Bournemouth played on Friday night against the Tykes at Oakwell... I thought it was only right to bring it out a little bit earlier. And what a 4-0 win it was. Now, on today's episode, myself and Jeff Hayward get together to dissect that incredible away win. We go minute by minute, chronologically throughout the game. And let's be fair, we absolutely enjoyed doing so. Now, elsewhere on this podcast as well, you may have seen, if you're a YouTube channel subscriber, that there is an interview with Matt Tubbs and Josh McCoy. The whole thing is on Sunday night at 8pm, but we give you a brief snippet of the interview Two incredible guests, both strikers with the club and both had fairly similar journeys. A bit of frustration at time, lone moves and injury woes. However, it was really good to catch up with them and both of them still have a deep affection for the club. Now, as well as this, Tom Jordan, of course, on our YouTube channel, does the player ratings show. And we hear a bit from his guest this week, Charlie Starks, who was absolutely delighted with our 4-0 win over Barnsley. So we hear from him too. But before all that, of course, it's time for this. So on Friday night, it was another televised clash on Sky that AFC Bournemouth, well, we love playing in front of the cameras under the floodlights when it's coming up towards the weekend, don't we? We did it against Barnsley, we did it against Coventry and, hey, we can't forget that 5-1 against Fulham. Even the Saints game as well. Now, what was the last televised game for AFC Bournemouth on a Friday night that we lost? It's a tricky one, eh? go back through the archives maybe you can remember the answer will be at the end of the show so four nil do you call it a tonking a thrashing a drubbing a hammering not really sure. But either way, Jeff Hayward is joining me and he's a man who's got a smile on his face. Jeff, how are you? Very happy. It's been a good weekend, hasn't it?
4: It has. There's nothing like a four nil away win in Yorkshire in pouring rain to get you started in a really good mood, is there?
1: And that performance was a much needed boost after uh, I would call a frustrating 3-2 home defeat to Preston in the week. I must admit, going into the game, I had no expectations. So to be sat here beaming after a 4-0 away win is extremely pleasurable, to say the least.
4: It is. They were were set up to play exactly like Rotherham had played the previous week. You know, a really intense pressing game. And we didn't deal with it very well uh, a few days ago, but... But suddenly
1: it it all clicked and uh, it was very, very satisfying. It really was. Our first clean sheet of the season, our first away clean sheet of the best part of the year. And it was quite the performance. And who knew that Sam Surridge could be the answer, Jeff? I mean, we've always wanted a plan B, someone to play long to when we can't tippy-tappy it around teams who use a high press. And I love the way that we flip that tactic and... I thought him and Dom looked really good together yesterday.
4: What a combination. Sam Surridge, clearly man of the match. Head and shoulders, our best player. And what a difference he made. The way that he he cares about the game, he wanted to make an impression put his heart and soul into that game, but he played with intelligence as well. You know, he didn't do dumb things. He he, he got fouls. He reminded me so much. I'll tell you what, he reminded me so much of young Callum Wilson running those channels, full of energy, being a right pain in the arse to the back four. And it got under their skin. And he was he was key to three of our four goals last night.
1: Yeah, sometimes I think we are guilty of trying to play through the lines and it's nice to have that outball, And that's what Callum Wilson always gave us. I think Dom Solanke's is a different type of player to Sam Surridge, but remember in that home 3-0 against Bolton, it was early doors. Callum Wilson had a chance. And that was just a, a long searching ball from, I think, Charlie Daniels. who just hit it with the instep of his left foot, curled it around. And then Callum Wilson made that arched run, held it up and managed to actually get a shot on goal. Should have probably squared it to Pew at the time, but never mind. It doesn't matter. We won that game anyway. But Sam Surridge provides that option. And he's he's very much an old-fashioned type of player, isn't he, Jeff? He
4: is. He's, he's, he's a, a big lad. Very physical, you know, he doesn't back out of those those big centre-half challenges. You know, he's not not afraid, but he's also got a bit of pace about him. And I just loved his attitude. And I think what he's got is, I mean, Solanke's a big guy and, and he's got really good feet and he showed again last night, you know, in tight situations, he's got a lot of skill that can, yeah. that can get him out of those situations. And what Sam's got is that old-fashioned, hit the ball up to him, You've got a chance that'll either win the free kick, get a flick on, or the ball sticks with him. And and he he did that in that sort of last twenty minutes against Preston when he came on, and that that makes such a difference, I think, to to the team being able to play around him more and and get other players involved. And, and I think that's what we've been missing. You know, Dom is Dom isn't as good at holding the ball when it's coming into him like that.
1: Hmm. I think it helped that Barnsley are a team that let us have a lot of space on the pitch. I mean, we won't get that kind of space behind most defenders. And they're a team that win by scoring more than the opposition, almost like we used to in the championship. So there is a reckless side to them. And look, we praise Sam Surridge and I'm sure we'll come on to Philip Billing as well, but I'm always... I'm always a bit nervous about being overly enthusiastic about certain players in the aftermath of a match, only to see them go on and have a poor performance in the next game. And that's that's the one thing we need now, isn't it? Consistency from players like Sam Surridge, if he gets a run. I mean, he's not really had that much of a chance, but players like Phil Billing, we need to see it for two, three games in a row. There are other players that have done that by the way of Jack Stacey when he came in, he had a great game, he followed up with another and then another we need more people to do that. Like Lewis Cook's doing at the moment, with a run in the side, he's becoming a worldie, possibly one of the best centre midfielders in the Championship. So that's all we need, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I think I think consistency has always been our Achilles heel, uh, has been for the last couple of seasons. So um, it it's it's reassuring that we can pull a performance out of the bag when we're under pressure because, boy, you know, going into that game last night, you know, I think Barnsley would have been uh, feeling they had a, a good chance after seeing how Preston played against us. And we're, we've we not been great against teams that press us really well and aggressively. But I thought last night showed that, that we can deal with that much more effectively with Solanke and Surridge up front than just Solanke on his own. Um, we weren't quite as fragile as we have been in possession. We weren't as easy to turn over. And we fought, and that, again, was, I thought, really important. You know, we, we actually were up for it last night, which we could easily have gone to Yorkshire and thought, oh, long journey, wet night, team that wants to wants it more than us. But we, we proved we wanted it as much as they did and more than them, actually.
1: Mm. The way that Barnsley play, I think, enabled Sam to have an excellent game. And I think there are certain games there he'll be less effective against other sides. But the one thing you just said just moments ago is the one thing we want to see. We want to see work rate. We want to see desire and we want to see hunger. And Sam Surridge has that in abundance. And he he demonstrated that to us last night, as did other players as well. And it was another Surridge and Solanke partnership up front. The last time we did that on a Friday night in front of the cameras, it was it was one of our best performances of the season up to that point against Coventry. And then we did it again. And it's quite nice to be able to mix it up by having players like that, because you know, the manager at Barnsley was probably thinking, OK, we've got to deal with Dan Juma. We've got to deal with Stanislas. We've got to do And they don't know what's going to happen. So this variation in formations that we can have, it, it leaves a lot of managers wondering what on earth to do. And, you know, Rotherham did it well. Preston did it well. But Barnsley, they didn't really. But they did have their chances, which, of course, will come on to. So the formation, it was almost like a 3-5-2, although you could call it 3-4-3 three, three when Brooks was pushing. And... It meant that we had Lloyd Kelly, Chris Meppham and Steve Cook at the back. And then out wide was Diego Rico. And of course, on the other side, you had Adam Smith. And unlike the formation against Preston in the week, I felt like it would benefit our full backs much better because I've said this on the free for all, but Roro Rakalme against Preston. He was hugging that left touchline, and it meant that it very much stunted the left fullback that we had. Same on the right, to a lesser extent. But I felt like the fullbacks really came into their own, and, well, we saw that early doors. But the big talking point, I suppose, was Philip Billing pairing alongside Lewis Cook in the centre of midfield, Jeff, I think most of us were expecting Dan Gosling, weren't we? We were, Cards on
4: the table. I'm not Billings' greatest fan. Certainly, haven't been this season. I think. No, I
1: I never knew that about you, Jeff.
4: You never knew that. No, and uh, I think what's so frustrating about Phil Bill is he's got he's got talent, but he's always uh, seemed to slow the game down to me in midfield, where we need to quicken it up. And actually, when you think back to his best performances for us, it's been playing in an advanced position like he did against Brighton, like he did against Villa in those two games at the end of last season, where, you know, we had to win, we went for it, and he played up top almost just behind the strikers and was really, really good and scored goals. Yeah. Um, when he plays deep, just in just in that sort of Lewis Cook role, doesn't work. But actually, last night, uh, that was his, certainly his best 45 minutes that I've seen. I mean, it... what what a performance that was I mean hats off to you Phil don't hold a grudge you were great last night more of that that was fantastic
1: and I can't wait to talk about that first goal and the person who was a big part of that first goal was Adam Smith but he was in the thick of the action even before that on about two minutes where he had that long searching ball arched up towards Sam Surridge very similar ball to what we used to do to Callum Wilson and Sam timed his run perfectly, managed to get in between the goalkeeper and the defender, and he was going out wide, almost like Di did for Liverpool against us at the Vitality, like Mark Hughes against Barcelona in the European Cup. Couldn't quite find the back of the net, but it's good to see that we were creating those chances, isn't it?
4: It was very encouraging. I mean, great, great ball from Smithy. Smith, uh, you know, he's had a disappointing season. I don't think we've seen the best of him, but that was his best performance last night. You know, he seemed to be much more the marauding Smith going forwards than he has been in the last few games. And we, we benefited from that. The long ball, I mean, Barnsley pressed up on us quite, quite obviously. And their, their back three matched our back three. But their, their full-backs were actually playing quite advanced roles, which gave us the space down the flanks. And I think, you know, we with Tyndall and, and the coaching team had, had, had looked at that and thought, that long ball down the flanks is going to get us some joy with Sam obviously being the the key target for that, but I thought when he didn't convert that chance that it could be one of those nights because you know that that's that's a that was a gilt edge chance. Um, just missed it. It was tough, but I think maybe with a bit of maturity, he might actually be scoring that sort of goal in a in a couple of games' time.
1: And there was a player that yesterday, after ninety minutes, that most people said probably was our most ineffective player, didn't get criticism, but wasn't as involved as we wanted him to be. And that was David Brooks. But even within that movement, his, his closing down in midfield managed to manufacture that chance. And he was in the thick of the action for the actual goal itself, which we'll come on to. But Dom Solanke was sent through on goal, but it was a last ditch challenge from the Barnsley defender that Cleared the danger that was on about five minutes. I think it was uh, uh Michael Solboa that got across brilliantly. And then moments after that, Barnsley did have a few chances, and they we didn't completely dominate them. And a team that maybe is better at converting might have given us a bit of a scare and a bit of a shot during that game. I think we had enough quality to win the game, so the three points is never in doubt. But, Asmir Begovic on eight minutes, he was forced into a into a save after a strike from distance. I think the save was a little bit for the cameras, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I think he may have been able to get hold of it. But it was a, you know, it was a a greasy ball. It was fairly at pace. He got a st- or two strong hands on it, managed to palm it out very safely. It was Alex Murray with the shot, but then he followed up with a cross, which we were really slow to react to, and especially Kelly and Rico, I thought, were slow to react and so nearly. Nearly, they scored from it.
4: I think defensively, there were a few times last night where that ball across the six-yard box caused us a number of issues. And, and it seems to me that we've got to improve. And I think by improving, we've got to work harder to stop those crosses coming in because we're just making it too easy for them. And, and, and that happened against Preston where they scored a goal fired across the, the six-yard box like that, we could easily have conceded. Um, and I thought just that communication between the back five and those out on the wings need to work harder to stop those crosses coming in in the first place. Yeah,
1: agreed. But it was OK because yeah. Adam Smith went on a run and he didn't go down, which many of us thought he was going when he was marauding forward like that. But quick one-two with David Brooks and... He fed Philip Billing. He was advanced in that position, as you say. And I think 99% of fans wanted him to square it left to Rico, who was running for a goal. But would it have really favoured Rico on his left foot anyway? If it was a right foot player like Junior Stanislas, I would have said 100% square it. But he didn't. And I think having that decoy there helped the defender not really know what to do at that point. Should he go right? Should he go left? So he was almost in the middle of, of both of them. And the keeper... He couldn't really do much with it because it was a great shot into the bottom right hand corner. And at the time, it was our 10th goal from outside the box this season. And I've got to say, there's another player that deserves a mention for this. And that's Dom Solanke. Because the way he he holds off the defender when Adam Smith goes on a run, you can hear as soon as he does that, there's a little bit of commotion on the Barnsley touchline as they think that they maybe should have got a free kick from it. But he just shields the defender from reaching Adam Smith. And that opened up the space for him to penetrate. And then, yeah, it came to Billing. Great left-footed shot. The best player in the league, Philip Billing, Jeff.
4: Uh, uh, Amazing. And um, it was Billing earlier. You know, you mentioned that Solanke effort. That was a right footed pass from Billing that set Solanke mm. free in the penalty box, which is unusual. So defense splitting pass to 20 yarder. I mean, it was like watching watching Lerma at his peak, wasn't it? Mm.
3: Yeah. It was it
4: was great. I also thought Sam made Sam Surridge made a really good decoy run for that goal to take take the other centre half away. So the space really opened up for him in the centre. And I think you're right, you know, he could have passed to Rico, but actually having the decoy run really helped and And I didn't expect it to ping into the corner because Billing normally hits it high, wide and handsome, you know. And yeah, I was so thrilled for him because I want him to do well and I want him to be the player that he can be when he's playing at his best.
1: Yeah. Yeah crack and strike and we didn't really push on I would say I mean we controlled large parts of the game but Barnsley showed their menace and they did have threats and one of the best chances that they had was actually towards the end of the half and it was a it was a quick free kick that caught many by surprise actually and it was Herbie Kane who took it to Chaplin who made a run and if you actually freeze frame it if you watch it on afcb.co.uk and go onto to AFCB TV watch it you'll actually see that the players that were the most deepest lying were actually Sam Surridge and Dom Solanke because Dom Solanke actually goes with the runner, Chaplin. And then one of the deepest defenders is Sam Surridge. And, you know, the ball was whipped across and fortunately nothing came of it. But there were a few players that were very slow off the blocks in terms of that movement. And Steve Cook and Lloyd Kelly were were two of them. And how, how, how was it that those two defenders were in front of Surridge and Solanke? That's just not right. Sometimes we do just switch off, don't we?
4: We do, we do. Like I say, you know, that, that communication with the backline needs to needs to just be better. We just need to be, particularly against a side like Barnsley, who they wanted to play fast. They wanted to get the ball in quick to to the centre forward and play off him. And I think we were just a little bit on the back foot. We were expecting the ball to come into the box for the big men, and instead went down the flanks. And it was Dom Solanke trying to close him down, where it should have been. That should have been Adam Smith or or, or uh, Lewis Cook out there doing that. Um, anyway, we survived thankfully. Yeah, Phil, we did. Phil, Phil Bill was on the far post there, actually doing some good defensive work. If you yeah,
1: remember. that's right. And it was Halleck who he was sliding in, couldn't couldn't quite turn it back, and I think it was defend, uh, deflected behind by Corley Woodrow in the end. But. And then uh, just before halftime, we we're all putting our kettles on ready for a halftime cup of tea. And then what happens? Lewis Cook, I mean, Barnsley tried to bring it forward. And um, I, I think it was uh, Woodrow that was trying to sort of run it through the midfield. But Lewis Cook comes in with a crunching challenge. It meets Dom Solanke with his face to the ball. So he's facing away from goal, manages to turn really quickly. And then, yeah, he turned on the afterburners. Pace, strength and then I was willing him to shoot. He didn't, and he held on for it for a bit too long, but then the low left-footed shot came in past the keeper. Absolute delight. Last kick of the half, 2-0, Jeff. Super.
4: What what a brilliant time to score. What a brilliant time to score. I think also you wind that back again, and there's a free kick that Surridge wins for us where he sees the centre-half coming towards him, looks around and just gets his body in the right position to get the foul on the halfway line, I mean, the ball the ball gets floated down the down the channel, and, and we don't make a, a, a great deal of it, which is why their centre forward brings the ball forward. But if we don't get that free kick, we don't score, and I think that's really important. You know, winning that sort of free kick to get possession in their half, brilliant. And Lewis Cook, what a challenge that is in midfield. You know, superb. He he was excellent last night. I thought um, great finish from Dom. You know, the six out of 30 goals. There you go.
1: Mm. <laughs> we, I always get the impression that when we go 1-0 up, it, uh, well, this is obvious, the game can go one of two ways. At 2-0, I thought that that would then breed confidence, and it did, and it ran through into the second half. And, I mean, Sam Surridge, again, absolutely superb. I think it was a goal kick for Barnsley, and it was it was headed by Billing. And then it was Surridge, you who put pressure on a on a chasing ball that there was no chance he was going to get the ball, really. He could have just left it. He could have just stopped his run and thought, you know what, they've got time, they've got space. He was nowhere near it, but he kept running towards it. And then he got barged off the ball and wins the free kick. And fair play to him. He won a free kick from a, from a, a menial situation, really. But one thing I noticed, like, the actual free kick was taken about three metres from where the offence took place. If you actually look <laughs> where the initial contact is from the Barnsley midfielder, defender, whatever, on Sam Surridge. Sam's momentum slides him across the turf to where Rico actually then took the free kick from. There was probably about three, maybe four metres in it. And so Rico steps up, Jeff. Um, Talk us through it. Do us your best, Clive Tildesley, on this one. Well, Rico, again,
4: his delivery so far this season has been patchy at best. And and even when he tries to whip that ball in, as he has done in numerous games in the past, and and you know for the for these centre halves or, or the centre forward to to get a flick on, he's not been doing it very well. You know, he's been over hitting it, not with the right pace. The keeper's been making easy catches, so I wasn't getting my hopes up when he when he took st- stood up and when he stepped up to do that. And I thought, here we go, it's going to be another one of those knock it into the box. It'll be. You know, cleared by Barnsley, all the keeper will come and get it. What he does brilliantly is he gives the keeper the eyes all the way through that. He never looks at the goal, which mm. was fantastic. And he just hits it so sweetly. I mean, it's about it's about a foot inside that post. Superb pace on it, superb whip. I was so thrilled for him as well, actually. I want Rico to be as good as he can be more. And I thought last night that will make a huge difference to him. You know, he should have, he should have scored last season mm. in a couple of games and he didn't. And he's he's hit the bar, hit the post a few times. Now I think let's go on. You can be a really good threat because we need somebody like that to, as well as Junior to, to give, be a threat from free kicks.
1: There are certain players we've had over the years where you think left-footed player and you think brilliant. I'm talking terms of your delivery like Jamie Vincent like Charlie Daniels like Ian Hart even though he was with us for a relatively short period of time everyone loved his left foot it was almost famous that foot on its own Diego Rico could be that player because his left foot is that good when he's on it and what a delivery it was cracking goal 3-0 as you say I was absolutely chuffed for him he did a celebration which I think was something to do with his, his brother if that's right I'm not sure. What was that? Can you explain
4: that to me, where he covers his eye? What was that about?
1: I, well, I think he's got a, a, bl- a brother that is partially blind or fully blind, and it was just a little bit of a tribute to him. And obviously, to be celebrating his first Bournemouth goal, it's a big moment for him and his family. He's a big family man, and he tweeted after the game and showed how delighted he was and I think most Bournemouth fans were absolutely loving that goal. What a clean strike! And it's just nice to have some variation on the free kick takers because it's been a it's been an issue for us. As Neil Dawson has alluded to previously, with Junior Stanslas not hitting the target, he then goes and hits the target. <laughs> Diego Rico, fantastic free kick! Really
2: pleased it, with it.
1: Yeah,
4: it gives us a, a really good option from from those free kicks because David Brooks hasn't been that great when he's had the that that sort of chance. So yeah, really pleased for him. Superb strike.
1: It was really good, and then, uh, but Barnsley, you've. I don't, it's a it's a funny one because they weren't bad, they weren't bad, and they and they did create some chances. I think there was, uh, was some really good interplay actually down their right flank in it. One touch passing, I think it fell to Callum Britton, who who then flashed it across the goal. Where Steve Cook, he he lost his marker, but it just ran across him. And I think on another day we'd have been punished from it. Uh, But thankfully we weren't. And then what else did we have after that? Well, goal number four. And again, the main man, Sam Surridge, I mean, he won the flick and then it was a poor back pass from one of the Barnsley players that put Sam in on goal. And, the angle wasn't the best for him, actually. he would have. I thought he needed to maybe take it a little bit wider, but he had a defender running on his right-hand side. So he did what he could. And his shot had so much power, though. And then it just squirmed over the line. I think the wet turf certainly helped as well. John Williams, who has to try to stay relatively neutral in the radio-solar commentary box, yelped, yes, as we all did. Sam Surridge scores, 4-0, and that just capped up off the perfect performance for him, didn't it, really?
4: I was so pleased for Sam, uh, sc- scoring in consecutive games. And next up is Swansea, who he played on loan against. So I'm sure he'll be motivated in that one. Um, he's He's got a really good game that we can make use of. And I think he offers us something different. And a couple of things out of the game last night that, that make you think, OK? If you've got Josh Keane coming back, are you going to play him and Solanke are you going to play Suraj and Solanke?
1: How does he even fit in?
4: Well, exactly. And then then you've got to think about Billing. If Billing can play like that, you can rotate Lerma out, give him a rest. You know, you don't need to... You don't think about playing them together. Play play Billing in front of Cook or as you would do Lerma in front of Cook and that can work. I thought, I thought that what the that back three does, is it does give us more solidity when we're playing against a pressing team. It gives us another option for yeah. the defenders to, to find another man. Uh, but also, I think Rico is better as a wing-back than as a full-back. He, he's not so exposed to the, the sort of through ball that Preston um, did against him the other night. So, there yeah, a number of different things. And Adam Smith is better playing a bit further up and, and yeah. getting getting more aggressive so you know it it was it was really interesting tactically some some problems I think for for Jason to resolve um because that worked everything clicked last night and we were four nil winners against a team who had pretty much the same number of shots as we did you know that that Sam is the clinicality you've been looking for
1: it is. It really is. And I just wonder about Dom and how even Dan Juma slots in to that kind of side. I think it's got to be varied up. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure there's a way that you can have Suraj, Solanke and Dan Juma on the pitch at the same time. I, I don't know what formation that would be, but I don't
3: know if you...
4: Yeah. Uh, and also, I think you can, you can swap Brooks and Stanislas quite easily, I think, to play that sort of floating role or even though brooks spent a lot of his game helping adam smith out you know he was quite sort of fixed on that right hand side wasn't he mm-hmm. um but yeah how does Danjima fit in in that shape i don't know it's going to it's going to be a really really interesting team selection against swansea and then the flexibility to play 442 where we where we think that's going to work or to play the five at the back against the the more aggressive sides yeah, you know, I, I was happy that we performed and we played as a team. There was there was there was that desire there to win the not just the, the second ball but the first ball. You know, we were we were really motivated last night. And credit to the coaching team, credit to the players for for pulling out the stops three days after we got a bit of a, a lesson from the opposition.
1: Now there are players that. Some players haven't even been mentioned so far, such as Chris Mepham and Lewis Cook's barely been mentioned, but we all know how good he was yesterday. And the video with Tom Jordan and Charlie Starks on the channel, a great look at individually each and every player. And Sam Surridge, he he comes up with top marks. And Dom Solanke, again, I think it was a great game and Dom about 71, 72 minutes, Dom and David Brooks, who... Had one of his poorer games for us. They made way for Dan Gosling and Jade Anthony. It was so good to see how many youth players were on the pitch at the end. But Jeff, is that the first time we've taken Dom off in order to save him? Because is it, is that much? It, he's that much of a valuable asset now that we're actually taking it off because he's not had that much of a break, has he? Really? But now we're taking him off for good reasons.
4: Yeah, yeah, and and I think. What was what was super encouraging were the young players getting a chance. I thought Roro came on and made an instant hit, didn't he? When he when he you know tried to surprise the keeper at the near post. He looked he looked very, very good coming off the bench. I thought Jaden Anthony, great to see him given another chance. I was really pleased to see Kilkenny given yeah. a chance and offer ball, because I think those guys are important squad players. And, and what you can see with those players, you know, we need to be thinking about Next season, wherever whatever division we're playing in, because those players they're getting a lot of rave reviews. We need to see how good they are, and they're not going to be anything unless they've got experience before they go into, let's say, the Premier League next season. Mm. Yeah, you know, we're going to need those guys. So it was it was really encouraging. I mean, that 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 was also what was so good about Sam. You started to see, God, you know, he could be a real handful for any defence mm. if he plays like he did last night, mm. and. Uh, Fantastic. Just just fantastic. And, and I think you're right. Solanke is an asset that we need to protect. You know, he's he's he was superb last night. He's, he's, the way he brings um, other players into the game, the way he can dribble out of tight situations, yeah. he's got great feet. Um, protect him. Brilliant. Surridge, fantastic. Josh King, go to West Ham if you want to. You know, I think we'll be OK.
1: Yeah, I think... The nature of being a fickle football fan like we all are is that we're talking about the positives and we're all excited about the future and then we're all doom and gloom as soon as we've lost a game and it varies match to match. But I've got to say that there is a change this season with the way we're playing compared to what we were under Eddie and Steve Cook in his interview with AFCB TV after the game said the staff give us free reign to express ourselves. Do you think that under Eddie, the players were starting to maybe almost become a little bit worried about doing the wrong thing? Because we're doing things like that Rico free kick that Jason, he said in his post-match interview that he didn't see it coming. But all credit to Rico for trying it out. And it's almost like players are being given a little bit more license to, well, as Steve Cook said, express themselves.
4: Eddie definitely had a way of playing. And we felt, when we watched the team last year, that some players were square, square pegs in round holes. Mm. There didn't seem to be a lot of um, give and take with what the players were capable of and then change the shape to the players' strengths. Mm. It seemed to be, that's the way we play, that's the way we set up, that's what you do. Yeah. Could be wrong. I mean, we weren't there in those those team talks or those coaching meetings or whatever was, was decided. But... But from a, a a fan's perspective, the way they played last night with that confidence and, and it just oozed out of them. I know from 3 0 away from home it's easy to play like that in front of no fans. You know, you you can do what you do what you feel is working and just express yourself much more easily. But I think I think the players seem to be enjoying it a bit more this season. You know, they certainly they certainly played like a unit last night for the for first time in the the last three games. That's the the most together I've seen them.
2: Mm.
1: And Look, I know we're playing at a different standard and it's the Championship and there are players that are maybe doing a lot better than they have done in the Premier League. You could say that the reduction in quality is because of that. Dom Solanke's scoring record is a hell of a lot better than what it was in the Premier League, but then he didn't have many starts and it was very difficult to get a run of games, whereas now he's getting that run of games and confidence is... Well, it's coursing through his veins. Same with Lewis Cook as well. And the Championship... (sighs) The opposition is less strong. JT, he seems to be doing pretty well so far. What's your analysis of his first however many games it is we've had so far? Because at this point in time, we've played 16 matches. We're in the promotion spots already. What's been your thoughts so far? This, I mean, we're nearly a third of the way through the season. Well, we are.
4: I think we're in pretty good shape because you look at the fixtures that we've had. And we've played a lot of those top six sides around us, haven't we? We've, we've beaten Norwich, we've beaten Reading, we've beaten Bristol City. We got a, a good point against Watford. Um, we'll find out what Swansea are like, because I think they'll be they'll be a, a tough mm. uh, a tough side on Tuesday. And we haven't lost to any of those sides at the moment. The problem we've had is against teams where we're expecting to turn them over. Mm. Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday... Preston and that I think is a a mental issue that the squad have got which is we're too good for this league we just need to turn up and we'll win and the one thing about the championship is that every team is motivated to have a go at you and I think what we have is well we've got lots of stars so players really step up because they think they're playing against a higher quality opposition I mean that that's how that's how People are, you know, you you are motivated by that or you're intimidated and a lot of the teams in the Championship, they're motivated. So, So I think we just need to be careful about those teams that we expect to beat and Huddersfield and Wickham follow quickly after Swansea. So it's going to be an interesting benchmark to see whether we can get that out of our system, dominate teams, intimidate teams that are below us and get results like we did last night, but also to keep comfortable with those sides that are top six top yeah. eight sort of side so yeah you know so far so good we st- there's still been a little bit of finding our feet but I'm feeling better after that performance on Friday yeah purely and simply because it was a banana skin waiting to waiting for us to slip on
1: <laughs> yeah and I think when you look at the defeats that we've had as well you look at it Sheffield Wednesday it was a it was a bit of a crap performance but The difference was they get a soft penalty that most people are saying was soft. We went down to 10 men and they scored from it. And Preston is the only team that I think have outplayed us or maybe footballed us, outthought us. But even that at 3-0, yeah. But we even pulled that back to 3-2 and arguably, had Jefferson Lerma not skied that last chance where he was was leaning back, he was practically horizontal, we we could have snatched a draw. So no one's really even soundly beaten us this season either, have they?
4: That's true, and against those teams that we think we just need to turn up and beat, it, well, it's, it's it's what you say. You know, after Sheffield Wednesday went a goal up, even though we were down to ten men, we played our best football. Yeah. So, what that tells you is that we, when we're under the cosh, actually we do we can perform, but mm. we need we need that extra motivation. It's like the reason for all those terrible first halves we've seen this season. Yeah, that's right. Get a rollicking at half time. Suddenly we're a different team after the break, and I, I think it's it's that it, that is a mental thing. We've just we've just got to get to a, a point where we turn up for ninety minutes, like we did last night, fight, passion, skill,
1: and and kill teams, which is yeah. what we did. Long may these positive conversations continue, eh, Jack? <laughs>
4: indeed, indeed. Well, I'm looking forward to a few more of them. I mean, they come thick and fast, don't they? I mean, how many more games have we got in December?
1: Yeah, well, there's going to be seven seven more to go, I think, already, Enough. maybe. So yeah. so, yeah, it's it's going to be a busy old time. And this is a time where it's going to be, the division's going to maybe be taking shape and we just need to get as many points on the board and try to avoid injuries as much as possible. And just shows that when we need to rotate a few players round, we can be all right so yeah really pleased with how it was with the formation change jeff as ever it's been a pleasure to have you on thank you very much real pleasure thank you sam so thanks very much to jeff hayward once again for coming on as ever brilliant to hear what he had to say. Now, we're going to stick to Tyke's talk very shortly as we get the thoughts of Charlie Starks who's going to analyse some individual players' performances with the help of Back of the Net presenter Tom Jordan. That's coming up but as I said earlier in the show, on our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast Sunday night, 8 o'clock you can watch the full interview with Matt Tubbs and Josh McCoy with myself and Jeff. And there are some cracking nuggets to come out of that show. So here is a brief
2: preview. I remember playing and uh, I was doing okay. I was sort of in and out of the team and you know, I was really enjoying it because it was a chance to, you know, play up a level and, you know, play for my hometown club as such. Um and so I, I signed for a month, so my deal was technically up at midnight on New Year's yeah, New Year's Day days new year's eve to new year's day so it was on the midnight so um and on the 31st after we had training with jimmy quinn and tindall and then obviously we trained and then i straight off the train i ended up going to castle point just to get a couple of little bits and then i actually bumped into jimmy quinn and we, we spoke throughout the week prior to this um about sort of extending going sort of permanent with the contract so i was like yeah i'm over the moon of that that'd be amazing for me yeah. uh so i spoke to jimmy at castle point randomly just bumped into him in the car park and he said, yeah, okay, we we want you to sign. The deal's The deal's pretty much done. Um, just come to the game tomorrow as normal or training or whatever it was as normal. Um, and we'll get you signed on, perfect. Then so see go to bed New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, wake up to a text from my friend saying, oh, Jimmy Quinn's been sacked. And obviously, come the 1st of January then, I'm back to being a Salisbury player. So, so I'm like, to my phone, thinking... <laughs> Like, who, who am I actually who am I actually playing for today? <laughs> and Salisbury had a game against Oxford away. So then I get a phone call of Nick Holmes, the Salisbury manager, saying, All right, so obviously it's Nick, uh, right, report to Oxford at 1 30. So I'm thinking, I don't know, man, I'm gonna be playing for Bournemouth today. Like, what's
3: like how has it
2: gone? So, but yeah, it didn't happen, and that's when obviously Eddie and then Eddie got Jason in as well as the number two. And again, I didn't I didn't hear anything, so I was just like, Okay, so So I'm back to being a Salisbury player. So I was a little bit disheartened. I wasn't disheartened the fact that I I left Bournemouth. I was more disheartened the fact that I wasn't in the know, that I was leaving Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. I kind of got told that I was going to sign. And then I just didn't hear from anyone.
1: Mm. So just before that, Josh, I mean, you were part of the squad that won promotion under Eddie Howe from League Two. What do you remember on that experience? Because, yeah, your first goal was in a 4-0 win against Port Vale. In that promotion winning season. Must have been nice to get your you know, your first goal for the first team, eh?
3: Yeah, um, that's a funny story actually. The first goal because it has it <laughs> afterwards we were laughing because Jason Eddie come up to me and said, Did you touch that? I said, Yeah, I touched it onto someone else. It was actually the, the defender that headed it in. So i flicked flipped it onto him, it's come <laughs> off him and I've peeled away. So um, yeah, I don't actually don't class that as my first goal, really, but no, it was good. Um, that season that season was obviously a good season. Um, didn't play loads, but just to be in and around, it was good.
1: Yeah, and you were basically Brett Pittman's replacement. I mean, did you feel pressure at that?
3: Mm, no, not really. I think a lot of people sort of were making comparisons at the time, and I think Eddie came out and just said, listen, don't compare them. I'm still I'm still young. Bretty obviously had an amazing career and he he kicked on much earlier than I did and he was obviously a natural goal scorer. I wasn't sort of based I didn't base my game really around that. Um I and then I got my chance up front. I think it was Tranmere away. I, I think it was um scored there and then sort of got a little run in the team and and started scoring some goals but I still didn't even wouldn't even cla wouldn't class myself at that time as as a natural goal scorer. I just sort of tried to work I was tried to work hard and do as well as I could for the team and Eddie Eddie at the time was really good for me because he was I think as as everyone's seen he, he likes working with young players and likes progressing them. So um that was that was a massive step in my career, that that little phase was definitely
1: And remember, if you want to watch that full thing, it's youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. And if you want to lend your support, we would love it if you could thumbs up that video when you watch it. It really helps with the YouTube algorithm or whatever that means. And also subscribe to the channel as well because any latest updates will get sent to you, including over the next week, we've got a couple of competition giveaways as well, one of which is from The Art of Football and another one is from a company called The Graphic Bomb who've designed an amazing wall print of AFC Bournemouth kits throughout the years. It will be the perfect present for Christmas and you can get your hands on one of those as well. So really looking forward to that. So then, it's Tykes Talk. Well, more to the point, it's Teage Talks. You can watch this full video on the YouTube channel, but whilst we're revelling in a 4-0 win, we don't often get to do that. I can't remember our last 4-0 win, actually. Perhaps it was Watford away. Not too sure, but either way, Charlie Starks had his view on individual player performances, and with the help of Tom Jordan, we can relive Friday night.
5: Got a guest for me tonight. Charlie Starks. Nice to see you, Chaz. Did you enjoy the game,
0: mate? Up yes, mate. Loved it. And we, uh, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. the perfect response, to be honest. It was um one of the things you wanted to see after the couple of games that we'd had is, is the attitude and and you know, how we got back into it. And yeah, obviously no, changing changing the system back to the free. All the Twitter experts that wanted the four and then we got it. And then now the Twitter experts want us back to the free. So um, yeah, it was nice to see that transition and and that flexibility from us. And yeah, just... Being positive, like you said, I, I think Barnsley were a good side. <laughs> I think you know yeah. four four nil probably didn't didn't really sort of give them enough credit for for how they played tonight. But um, it happens. We an end of nose. So yeah, they tried to, so.
5: <laughs> yeah, to play football. Barnsley, and they're were right. But yeah, like you say as well, it's it's interesting. That I, I didn't see anyone saying that it was the system's fault tonight. That. You know, but it's it's good that I think it's good that we can adapt. And we've seen good performances in the four, good performances in the three, bad performances in both. But it's good that we can adapt because it's. I mean, I think
0: first sort of five five ten minutes we were a little bit slow, Mm. a few little dodgy mistakes in around the area, and I think it just took us a little bit of time to settle back in. Obviously, Lloyd came back in tonight. Um, relatively quiet game from him to be honest, but you know he'd done all the simple things right. But it was you know just finding our feet again and. Yeah, the best thing about it was is that we've started slow so many times this year, last year, and you see us capitulate, you go one nil down, and you know it's panic stations. But we didn't. We kept strong. We were resilient, and once we sort of found our pace, we we really got going, and we looked really attacking going forward. So um, yeah, it was good to see. Yeah, I agree with that. And like you say, started a bit shaky,
5: but then as soon the best thing you could do in that period is just nick a goal, and we done that, and then we never looked back. I didn't think, but he stole the show tonight, Sam sorry. I mean, what a complete centre forward performance for me i mean you can get into it now maybe obviously we've we've spoken before and it was something that i think we've lacked a little bit is them runs in the channels just harrying people he was brilliant he was always an option the amount of fouls he won and then yeah the keeper should have done better but he got his goal as well i was just buzzing for him
0: it was just and I've said it before is one thing we always done so well, especially the year we got promoted and the first, we always run the channels well. And we had that outlet, you know, if you're in trouble and you can't play intricate, then let's run the channels. Let's cause problems in behind. Let's draw these little stupid fouls like you, like you touched on there. And he'd done that so well tonight. And for, for a young lad who, you know, he got given his chance at the start and it sort of got ripped away from him and I don't think it was necessarily just but I think he might have been a sacrifice for for the change of system maybe yeah. but he um he gives us something different and his hold up play he wins fouls you know he's he's not scared to get stuck in he got absolutely battered tonight I mean I'm surprised that he even walked off that pitch yeah. but um and you know he's technically got an assist tonight for the, for the Rico free kick yeah. because he he's working that hard. You know, he, we should never be winning free kicks there, but he's causing so much of so much trouble up there yeah. that someone's brought him down, we've won a silly free kick and we've gone and scored from it. And people keep saying, Well, wow, we need this this natural goal scorer. Tell me that Sam Surridge isn't a natural goal scorer. You think cause... if he get, gets a to run a games, he can he can be that I mean, he, he come on against Arsenal and scored that goal last year. City in the cup. It took a really yeah, it took that really well against City. He you know, does really well and it gives you so much. And honestly, I, I think he could be the man that we've we all been crying out for, and well, him and back. him and him and dom they they suit each other they they mm. sort of play well off each other they they had a really good understanding tonight, but for me, Ser's performance, and I absolutely love him as everyone knows, I've been raving about him for for a long, long time now, yeah. and I think he's starting to prove why, and you know he's not dropped his head, he's worked hard, he knows he wants to be a part of this team, he could have easily gone back out on loan, but he knows he wants to come in prove himself, keep working hard and he's reaping the rewards because tonight that was, and you said it there, the complete centre-forward performance and it really was and he was... It was was an old-school
5: centre-forward it was an old-school centre-forward performance in the sense that he kind of, you know, you've got all these quick, pacey, tricky players now. But he, he made a nuisance of himself. Them center rafts are going home and they're thinking, God, I don't want to face yeah, him again. He, he didn't stop. Yeah, he didn't stop, mate. I was, and I was just chuffering that he, I thought, oh, the only thing that's missing is going to be that goal. So I was I was buzzing at the keeper. I, actually, apple, I actually
0: tweeted during the game saying uh, a Sam Surridge goal would top off an yeah. excellent performance for him. And then he got it. So, um, yeah, I was absolutely that's delighted for him. And... You know he, he deserves it he, he really does and it, it's so great to see you know people not dropping heads and he's played yes. second third fiddle for for some time now and I think we're going to need these sorts of characters in and around the squad people that are willing just to you know bite yes. and just go and and he's he's taken his chance tonight and I hope that he can build on this now because there's been a couple of performances where he's been he's been good and he's shown what he can do and then maybe not necessarily built on it so it'd be nice to see him take this confidence now and you know really grab it and and push himself forward it's hard to keep trying to do things in 10 15 minute cameos
5: and i think what he what he would have said to jason or, or what jason would be thinking is all right fair enough in the week you come on and we nearly had a fight back thanks to thanks to you you know the impact you made i'll give you the chance tonight see if you can do it from the start and he did it so what more do you want do you I, know mean, what I mean i think he's i think it's his spot to lose now if you know what i mean but um are we going for the big 10 i'm going for the big 10 yeah, and no, i'm happy because what did he do he didn't do anything wrong it was just like we said complete performance
1: This is Matt Holland and you're listening to Back of the Net Brilliant to have Charlie Starks on absolutely loving these shows and amazing to have so many new guests I mean I do the free for all straight after full time where I'm chatting to people from all around the world. I mean, what do we have on the last one? We had David Cordell in Washington, Daniel in Florida. Um, also, we had a couple of other Americans as well. I'm just trying to think. We had Christian over in the States. We had Filippo in Italy, Algarde in France. It's superb. Uh, just, just waiting for that one person to contact us from Outer Mongolia or whatever. I think we'll have had the full set then. But if you want to get involved with that, then feel free. It's on YouTube after every game. But if you want to do Tom Jordan's player ratings, well, just send him a message. His user handle on Twitter is uh, TomJordan21. Just ping him a message and I'm sure we'll contact you back because we're looking for people to give their views. All we need is about 20 minutes of your time after a game at some point. It can be even on the next day if it needs to be. But all of it goes up onto our YouTube channel. So that nearly wraps up the show. So there we go then, that's episode 106 nearly done. Now, at the start of the show, I asked you a tricky question with regards to do you remember? Now, it was when was our last televised match on a Friday where we lost? Now think about it, in the Premier League, of course, we had Saints, the 3-1, the, the Brighton 2-1, that was where Jermaine Defoe scored his first goal after he returned, and then... What else do we have in the Championship? That 2-0 at home against Watford. The, the 5-1 against Fulham away. Brighton, 2-0 at the Amex. The Ipswich won one one, Kenwin Jones. We can't forget that. We also played Fulham on Boxing Day, I think, and then we won that 2-0. But that wasn't televised. Um, now, back in 2014, we lost 4-2 at Sheffield Wednesday, not televised. In January 2012, We lost away at Chesterfield, 1-0. That was not televised. The last televised match on a Friday night when Bournemouth lost, it was January 2011 and it was a 2-1 loss at Colchester, the game before Eddie Howe left to go to Burnley. That's not a bad record, is it? So when you complain about the fixtures being moved and Sky Sports putting us on a, on a Friday night again very soon, um, just think, it's not so bad, because we're probably not going to lose. It's nearly been a decade since our last televised loss on Friday. Anyway, well done if you got that correct and credit to you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you leave us a review. Just go to your podcast app and pop some stars down and a few comments if you can. And stay tuned to our YouTube channel because there's so much content that's going on there. It's ridiculous. We've got a brand new series now also where we're chatting to journalists and ex-players of the opposition as well to give us the inside scoop on the teams that we're about to play. So, ahead of the Swansea match on Tuesday night, there'll be some of that stuff on our YouTube channel. Please do subscribe. But for now, thanks very much for listening. My name's Sam Davis and this has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Smith and Brooks link up nicely on this near side. Solanke did a good job blocking off the centre half. Opening up space for Adam Smith to run into. And Billing, he's got Rico to his left. Billing shoots it! Yes! And Bill Billing finds the bottom right corner with a terrific strike. It came from the right-hand side. Smith and Brooks involved. Solanke did his bit off the ball as well. And for his first goal of the season. And after 12 minutes, it's the Charis ahead in South Yorkshire.
4: Sports Social Podcast Network.